It's week number two of Walk It Out. Are you ready? Walk it like a tuck it, tuck it. Walk it like a tuck it. Let's go. Walk it like a tuck it. Walk it. Walk it like a tuck it. Walk it like a tuck it. I wish you could see the people bouncing in the church like I can right now. Y'all see them just bouncing? Walk it like a tuck it. Walk it like a tuck it. Walk it like a tuck it. I got so much I want to say right now, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to hold on to. People are going, what in the world is that? Hey, hey, that's okay. It's all good. Like I had mentioned earlier, we were on vacation this past week uh, up in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, up in Dollywood country. And, and uh, as a family, we, we hung out. We watched, we watched movies. It was Caleb and Elizabeth and Cindy and I. And, and uh, we, we watched movies. We stayed in our pajamas uh, of one full day. And as soon as we got back, we just jumped back in the pajamas again. We watched movies. We, we ate. Did I mention that we ate? We did eat. And, uh, of course, shopping was, was on the schedule. We did a little bit of that. The ladies did some damage. Amen. And then the final day, we're about to come back. And, uh, and, and it was snowing when we got up the next morning. That was, that was kind of nice. Uh, kind of freaks Florida folks out when they see that. But as I was raised around that. I'm a Virginia boy, so I'm used to all that. But it, it was just beautiful. And, and experiencing all that was just, was just wonderful. But every night that we would get in from running around all during the day, we sat down as a family and we read our chapter together for that day. And uh, made a few comments, and then we watched the Devo connected to that. We did that as a family each night. Had such an amazing time. And and, and day number two, uh, I believe it was day number two, was uh, Sam and Dez. Uh, Sam and Dez uh, jumped on and did a did a great job on on their Devo, and they they dealt with the story of Jesus turning water to wine. Somebody go, was it grape juice? No, I think it was full-blown wine, y'all. And I won't get into that debate right now, but I'm just, that's just my perspective. But, but, but this, this verse, one verse in the story stood out to me that I want to bring to you today and just share my heart with you related to this Walk It Out series that we're in. I hope you'll uh, kind of go here with me. John chapter 2, verse 7. John chapter 2, verse 7 says this, Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. Would you read that last phrase? And they filled them up to the brim. One more time. And they filled them up to the brim. Weddings are fun. Weddings are fun. I know, so ah, I can't stand to go to weddings. It's just, it's just fun to me to watch uh, a, a, a couple come together where they, 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 they've been dating and had their world put together and now two families are merging and you got the guy and the girl making Google eyes at each other while they're standing there and, the, and then the, the minister's do, leading them in all the vows and then they go into the dancing and the party and cutting the cake and it, it's a moment in time. It's a moment in time that they've decided we're going to link our lives together and do this forever. It's an amazing thing. I, I heard about a guy one time who he was talking to God. It, it was it was his wedding day, and he's getting his bow tie on, and he's walking around going, "God, I I don't know why you you gave me this woman. She's she's amazing. She like like she's just so kind hearted. Why why did you make her so kind hearted? And and God said, so so that you would love her, son. So that you would love her. That you get a great. And and I got to tell you, God, she is she's gorgeous. She's just beautiful. Why, why did you give her so much beauty? So that you would love her, son. Well, in addition to that, she, she's an amazing cook. That's a kitchen thing, pots and pans. She's an amazing cook. 
Why did you make her such an amazing cook? So that you would love her, son. That's why. Like, kind and beautiful and amazing cook. I, I, I do have this one question, God. It, why did you make her? She, she's, she's a little dumb. He said, so that she would love you, son. Some of you will get that later. Weddings are exciting times. Weddings are fun things. Weddings are that time where everyone's, ah, and, and all that kind of thing, right? Uh, it, th- this is the story of a wedding. A wedding is a little town called Cana, and, 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 and uh, this, this wedding is taking place. And, and according to what we see and study historically, Mary had been invited. The mother of Jesus had been invited to the party. And uh, I guess Mary had her plus 10 that came with her because uh, she took Jesus and, and a bunch of the disciples are all there together. And you need to understand uh, weddings during, during these days. Uh, during this time, weddings were a seven-day long party. It wasn't just a ceremony and then we're done, we're out. No, it literally went for seven days. The wedding was one year in planning and, and that included the food, the wine, the dancing, the part, everything that would be needed in order to sustain the entire wedding party for seven days. And in, the, in this time, it wasn't just a matter of we, we got this handful that we're going to invite. In fact, when you look at this story, pretty much the entire village of Cana was invited. So the whole village, everyone knew each other. They're all showing up. The wedding's taking place. There's food, there's drink, there's music, there's dancing. It's a nonstop party for seven days. And in order to, if if something were to happen that you were to run out of anything in the middle of this celebration, it was disastrous, shameful, scandalous. You've had a year to plan for all of this, and it would be shame on the family for anything to run out. It's this that we step into when we begin to look at this story where Mary, Jesus' mother, realizes they ran out of wine. And there's no 7-Eleven to go get another box. Do you understand? Like, they they are out. Like, this is a situation right now. And and Mary comes to Jesus and Jesus, they out of wine. Jesus looks back and goes, woman... I told you last week, don't ever call your mom a woman. But he said, woman, it's not my time. Like, don't, don't push me right now. And Mary ignores Jesus' comeback, and she turns to the service and says, whatever he says to do, do it. She walked, just like, just like a mama, just walked right. I ain't even going to respond to that foolishness. We're going to change the situation. And she, she just dove right into it. She expected Jesus to fix the situation. I wonder if you and I look at Jesus the same way. Are you expecting heaven to respond to your situation? Sometimes we look all over the place into all other things except for going to him, going to heaven. Can I tell you, God is interested in everything that affects your life. There's nothing too small. There's nothing too large. You can take everything to him. Mary took this situation to him that seemed to be, it's, are you, you're talking about making wine? Jesus 
fix the situation. I don't know if Mary knew what he was going to do, if he would send disciples out to go find wine and bring it in. And the Bible doesn't say that she knew what he would do, but all she knew is he has he's a fixer. He's, he's an answer. I know his nature. I know his character. I know why he's here, and he can turn this thing around. And I want to talk to you today because here's what happened. When crisis hit the situation, Mary and Jesus and the disciples had to walk it out. When crisis hits, you just got to walk it out. Tell somebody, you got to walk it out. You got to walk it out. You, 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 you don't turn and run when crisis hits. You don't go, man, I hope they get that thing fixed and back out. No, we step in to become the solution when crises hit. We don't run from situations. We run to situations because greater is he that is in us than the stuff going on in our world. We bring answers to the scenarios, not because we're great, but the one who's in us is great. And there's a peace and there's a healing that comes with him. When the crisis hits, we walk into the situations. I want to talk to you today about the message that's just under the surface but deeper to give us an understanding of this story maybe like you've never heard before. Verse 7 says, Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. The Bible actually tells us that these are ceremonial water jars. In fact, six ceremonial water jars. It's really interesting that we're told that there's six, which means the person who wrote this, we're getting an eyewitness account because of the specifics that are given. It wasn't seven, it wasn't five, it wasn't 12. There was six, which is an odd number, but six were there at six uh, ceremonial water jugs. And these water jugs were for this reason. When you walked in the house, you had these jugs there and they had multiple of these because of the people, the crowds that were coming to the wedding. They would take water out of these stone jars to wash their hands and to wash their feet. It was ceremonially required so that they could enter the house and they wouldn't defile the house with what came with them. They were to be washed. What's very interesting is the number six, six water jugs that were there. You see, six throughout the Bible is the number of humanity, the number of flesh, the number of pride, the number of sin. Man was created on day number six of creation. It's kind of interesting. You know how it is. You go to the theater, and when they sit you down in seat number 666, you, you, you change seats in a hurry. Because y'all didn't know nothing about this, but you knew something about that. And I ain't, I ain't gonna, they, they want to give you a phone number that's got 666 on the end. Like, I changed that number. I'm moving to another state. Something's right? So we, we, there's, it, it has to do, it's dealing with flesh. Six is six ceremonial water jars. It was a picture, ceremonial water to cleanse and make pure. Six, the number of flesh. It was a picture of humanity trying to purify himself. Man trying to make himself worthy. Man trying to make himself clean. This is a picture of what these six ceremonial water jars look like. And Jesus says this, I want you to go fill these jars with water. Obviously, they were empty. He says, I want you to fill them with water. Jesus all of a sudden twists it, and he's making a different statement here. He comes back with this because water in the Bible is also a picture of the Word of God. Uh, water has to do with a cleansing that God's word brings. That's why Ephesians chapter 5 verse 26 says, make her holy, talking about the church as the bride of Christ, make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. 
What Jesus was saying is, man, you've been trying to get yourself clean for a long time. You've been doing all your self-help stuff. You've been doing, and there's nothing wrong with self-help. There's nothing wrong with doing what you can to make yourself better. But you're always going to fall short because man can't clean himself up. Good enough is never going to be good enough. You're going to need the Word of God to be poured into your life before you're ever going to actually step to a different status, a different level, a different mindset. If you want your past mindset gone, you need the Word of God poured in so that God can reshape how you think about yourself, what you speak over yourself, the atmosphere you create in your world, how you respond to crisis is based on the living Word of God. Has anybody ever responded wrong in a situation? Please raise your hand. That was a question. Yes, me too. And once we learn God's Word, we learn the proper way to respond so that the response always brings life and never brings a setback. Jesus was saying, we need to pour the Word in because only the Word is going to change your life. Not, not good day, not good deeds. Well, I give a lot of charity. That's wonderful. You should. That's great. You got it. Give it. But giving charity is never going to cleanse your heart, your life, and your mind. It's never going to be enough. Church membership is not enough. Being a preacher is not enough. None of those things that you and I could do because that would become self-righteousness. I can be righteous because of what I do in myself and nothing is ever going to fix my past, my attitude, my mindset, the things that I have done. I need one who is greater, who is holy, who is sinless, who can make an atonement for me, who can make sacrifice for me so that I can be saved. We need him. Everybody needs Jesus. I don't care how good they are, how nice they are. Your grandmama, who all she does is bake cookies and smile at people. She needs Jesus in her life. Everybody needs Jesus. Tell three folks, everybody needs him. Everybody needs him. Everybody needs him. John, John 2, this, the rest of this verse says this then, and, and they filled them up to the brim. I love this phrase. It's one that I've got to be honest with you. I have read past for many, many years. I just, just read over it, didn't give any consideration to it. But as we were sitting in the cabin reading the other night, this verse just kind of stood out. And I'm like, man, think about it. Wait, 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 wait. Jesus said, fill them with water. And the next phrase inside the same verse didn't even get its own verse. Just the afterthought. And they filled them up to the brim. Okay, that sounds really sexy. But six water pots at about 20 gallons apiece, that's not something someone just turned on the spigot and filled it up. Do you understand? No, that took some T-I-M-E time. That, 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 took some, that took some time. You see, scholars, biblical scholars for the most part all agree that it was about 20 gallons per water pot. 20 gallons of water. The only way that you get water is if you get a bucket and you leave the house and you go to the center part of town to where the well is. And you go down, you drop the bucket down, you pull the bucket up, you pour water in. You drop the bucket down, you pick it up, you pour it in. You have to go get water from the well in the middle of town and then come back and then start pouring the water back in. And go back to the middle of town and drop the bucket down and keep filling up what you can carry to take it all the way back. Don't spill any. And then get back and you pour it in. And then it, for 120 gallons of water, and all we get is 
and they filled it to the brim. You see, here's, here's what I want you to understand. Between the crisis and being filled to the brim was a lot of time. There was a moment in time where it wasn't fixed overnight. There was something that had to be done to bring it. How long do you think it took? You see, here's the, here's the deal. Between every crisis and miracle, servants have to be busy following the Word of God. We're in a crisis in our nation today. Things are upside down, twisted, inside out, and backwards. In the middle of this crisis, you and I, as followers of Christ, cannot afford to respond like the rest of the nation do. Because if we jump in that cesspool, then there is no one standing on the outside that can throw a lifeline to help pull some people out of this situation. You and I respond different because we see through the prism of what God's Word says. And when we respond according to His way, no longer are we the ones in the wedding that are saying, we're out of wine, we're out of wine, throwing our hands up and screaming and crying. But you and I get to be the servants where Jesus looks at us and goes, we have a crisis, I've got an answer. Go fill these things up with water. You and I, somebody's got to do the work of refilling the jars. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Somebody has got to do the work. Nobody wants to, everybody wants to party, but somebody has got to do the work while the crisis is still going on. He's saying, tuck your feelings in, pull up your big boy pants, and get to work. We've got to change the situation, but between the crisis and the answer, there's going to have to be some work to be done, and I'm looking to people who say they're my servants. I'm looking to people who say they're trusting me. I'm looking to those who say they're following my word. I'm expecting you to become the answer for this party. You need to turn something around here. I'm asking you, will you work while they cry? Will you work while they scream? Will you work while they complain? Will you do what I'm telling you to do so we can turn this mother out? You turn the mother out. You know the song, right? That's what he's, that's what he's declaring. There's got to be somebody to walk it out. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They made big declarations when the king says, you will bow your knee to this idol or you will step inside the furnace and burn. They said, if, if our God saves us, which he can, then, then he will. If he doesn't, then we'll burn if we have to, but we will not bow. It sounded good, and I'm sure they're going, whoa, and I can sure, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, looking at Abednego like, dude, are you, do you really mean that? Like, are you, it sounds good, but if they open the gates and we got to go in that thing seriously, I mean, can you imagine the dialogue? It sounds good to talk in faith, but what happens when they open the furnace door and say, now step inside? What you going to do then? I'll tell you what they did. They walked it out. They stepped inside, and as they began to walk through, the Bible says that the king went up and looked inside, and they say, the king, I said, king, did not we throw three men in this furnace? They said, yeah, we threw three in. They said, then why do I see four men walking around inside that thing? And by the way, the fourth man doesn't look like everybody else. He looks like something greater. He looks like the Son of God. All of a sudden, Jesus stepped in the fire, but they had to walk through the thing to come out the other side. You see, between the declaration that we trust God and stepping 
sleeping out the other side going, look what the Lord has done. There was a walk of fire they had to go through. Somebody's got to be willing to step inside the furnace and walk this thing out. What about Moses? Moses and Israel and the Red Sea, y'all. Oh, we read these stories through 2,000 years of stained glass, and we think they're so cute. But I'm telling you right now, we all would have had a hissy fit. I don't know what that is, but we all would have had a hissy fit had we been standing there on the edge of the banks that were trying to come out of bondage for 400 years. Egypt, Pharaoh is coming behind us with his horses. We're standing at the Red Sea. Moses said, God's for us. Now the water opens up, and they're going, let's go. Like, I don't know if I'm going through that, and that don't look right to me. I mean, there's something about that look. No, y'all, y'all just way too holy in here for me. Would you talk to me up in here? Yes, but somebody had to walk it out. We tell the story today and we get excited over the story today because people came out the other side and celebrated the fact that God swallowed up the enemy behind them. You see, God will take you through some things that your enemy will never survive coming through. That's why you got to walk it all the way through and keep trusting him because when Pharaoh tried to chase him, they got swallowed up because you see, you have something on your life, an anointing, if you will, a mantle of heaven to take you through things that your enemies will never survive through. That's why God lets you go through hard times because some things are dying off behind you that will never be able to chase you again if you'll just hold your ground and walk it out. We got people all through the Bible. That that's all they did. They had to deal with it. Gideon, he had 30,000 men. He was going into battle against 32,000 other men. He had a little bit of a deficit, but he was going to take them on. But God whittled his numbers, his army down to 300 and said, now go fight them. Can you imagine looking at those 300? He said, okay, we got rid of 29,700 of us. Now the rest of us are going to go take these 32,000 on. You see, it's one thing to celebrate Gideon now, but Gideon had to walk through and he had to face a battle only to watch God show up. Somebody's got to fill the pots. Somebody's got to keep working while the crisis is going on. Someone has to stay busy. Somebody's got to stay focused. We don't have the luxury of losing our mind up in here, up in here. We got to stay focused on what God's plan is for our life. It's 2021. We've got to walk it out. Do you understand? When praying seems like a waste, we've got to keep filling the empty pots. When walking in humility feels like it's weak, we've got to keep filling those empty pots because a miracle is in the making. Jesus could have done, if if Jesus is going to turn water to wine, then don't you think Jesus could have snapped his fingers and water appeared? Jesus, won't you just finish the whole miracle by yourself? Because he chooses to involve you and I in the process. He works in tandem because I promise you, every one of the servants who were a part of pouring water into those jugs, and when Jesus turned it to wine for the next month, for the next year, I would have written a book. I would have I, I, I started a brand new blog page. I was there. I dumped some water. Yes, I did. I stood close to him. Uh-huh. Come and follow me. I, you know we all would have gone off on that. Jesus wants to involve you and I. 
That's why you can't freak out when hell freaks in. You and I have got to stand our ground and realize when it's coming at me that no weapon formed against me will prosper. And greater is he that is in me than the situations going on in my world. It's possible for circumstances to get close and to surround you. But you've got to hold your ground and know that if God be for me, who can be against me? You've got to know these things. Told Moses, he said, Tell the people you will see this enemy no more again forever. My emphasis. That's just that's 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 how God rolls. He'll let the enemy get right in your face. But you're gonna do it again. Because when God has you surrounded, that means you and I respond differently. When you know who you are in him, I walk this thing different. You see, a miracle is in the making. Elisha told Naaman, go dip seven times. Can we not, why, why not just one dip? Can just like one dip do it? Nope, seven times. Because I need to know you're not going to stop on dip number five. Nothing happened. Dip number six, I'm still got leprosy. Dip number seven, oh my God, I'm healed. You've got to keep going. Peter dropped the net on the other side. I've been doing this all night. Ain't nothing happening, but try it again. Again, you see, God will allow us to confront the crisis, but we got to walk through it. We got to walk it out. We got to keep moving. Daniel, I guarantee you, Daniel wished that God would have shut the whole decree down and given him freedom and victory. But God said, No, Daniel, I could fix this situation, but I'll tell you what I'm going to do about this. I'm going to let you sleep with lions all night long, Daniel. Now, I know you don't like the path I'm giving you right now, but just breathe deep, son. It's all good. Netflix will be on. Just enjoy the night, and we're going to get you through this situation. But hold on. I'll bring you out the other side. And when I bring you out the other side, we're going to start changing laws and decrees up inside this place because I'm going to show everybody around that I am God and when you serve the one true and living God things happen in your life you and I we go through things different you and I our faces when we go to work when we walk in with strength and everyone's losing their mind over what's going on in culture we walk with a different strength I don't like it either and it hurts my heart but God is good and we're coming through this situation we're giving hope we're giving life we're giving joy we are peacemakers we are hope dealers that's what we do because I don't see things falling apart. I see the kingdom of God standing strong. This is one of the greatest times in the history of the world for the church of Jesus Christ to stand strong in the face of everything that says no. We keep saying yes. We speak in faith. We push back based on the promises of God's word. Yes, we do. Somebody shout, yes, we do. You're God's answer for this culture. That's why you're here. You could have been born in the 1700s. You could be born 10 years from now. But he put you here right now. It's a part of your destiny. It's not to suck air, pay taxes, more taxes, and then die. That's not what the plan is. The plan is for you and I to stand our ground and we speak truth in love. Oh, people have lost the in love part. We speak truth in love and we keep moving forward. We're repping the kingdom of God and we become answers of hope. If you and I don't give the hope, then who's going to give it? 
Jesus could have done the miracle by himself and done it all and taken all the credit, but he chose to involve humanity. God says, I could deal with this myself, but that's why I put you there. I want to see, do you believe what I told you? Are you going to walk in the peace of God in the midst of chaos? Can you have joy even when everything seems to be chaotic? What is it that's running your life? What are your eyes on? Whatever you focus on is going to master your life. If you focus on Washington, then Washington will run your world, and Washington will become your God, and I'll become small. But if you'll let me arise on the inside and you become consumed with my truth and my hope, then you'll see what's going on. You're aware of what's going on, but it will not rock the foundation you're standing on. Ladies and gentlemen, we shouldn't be shook right now. I don't like it, and I'm pushing back, but I am not rocked. God is still God. Jesus is still my Savior. I've got every promise in this book, and everything is going to be fine. This is where we stand. We're reaching a day in America right now where the gray area is disappearing. It's black and white. And I don't mean racist. We're in a scenario of those who believe in those who don't, those who are trusting God, those who are not. And I promise you the times are going to heat up and it's going to be very telling as to where we're standing and who we're trusting in. We have to hold our ground. So we keep speaking God's word in the face of chaos. We keep praying for our kids even though they're acting like a fool. Mm-hmm. We keep our eyes on Jesus. We keep resting in Him. You see, it's, it's interesting to me that even the 120 gallons of water is not random. That 120 is an interesting number because throughout the Bible we see that number used multiple times and it tells us what that number is significant of what it actually means. You see, Noah preached for 120 years and then the flood hit. Uh, Moses died at 120 years old and then they went into the promised land the next day. There was 120 in the upper room. Then the Holy Spirit was poured out. 120 means the end of humanity and the beginning of God. It's when a divine release from a period of waiting has hit. In other words, there's been a wait, 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 bam, God shows up. Wait, 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 bam, the breakthrough hits. Wait, 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 bam, the prayer is answered. It's, it's, it's that 120, that, that's what he's declaring, that in this, in this season, that as soon as the servants filled the pots to the brim, they didn't just splash it in, they went all the way. As soon as they finished, the miracle happened. Jesus was waiting on them. They were not waiting on Jesus. As soon as you fill it up, miracle's done. You and I have got to stay on point, and we got to keep doing what we do. So my question is this, because this is what hit me. What's in your bucket? What are you pouring? Everyone in this room's got a bucket. You're watching online, you've got a bucket. What is it you're pouring? Are we pouring that hope and that life or are we pouring fuel on the fire? Am I pouring joy and we're going to make it and here's the answer, here's the truth of God's word or am I pouring more of my opinion on social media and just inflaming the situation? Everyone in this room's got a bucket. You're watching online, you got a bucket. I've got a bucket. And if you and I will stay focused on the mission that Jesus has given us and we keep pouring into the thing that he's saying to pour, 
As soon as we hit the brim, the miracle is going to be released. The miracle is going to take place. That's why we have to keep believing. We have to keep pouring. We, we can't get distracted by stuff and by things. If you need to get off of social media, get off of social media. But do not let it derail your mind, your heart. Do not let it steal your hope, your peace, and your joy. It's not worth it, ladies and gentlemen. We're in 21 days of advance. It's time to go hard. It's time to push. It's time to lean in. This is what we do. We keep pouring this hope, this peace, this joy. We have to elevate. We go different. That's why the word says don't grow weary in well-doing. Because due season is coming. Your 120 breakthrough is about to hit. If you will not faint, don't get tired in it. Stand to your feet if you would, please. Here's, here's ultimately what I want to just communicate to you today. Jesus is still looking for servants who will fill the empty pots in the middle of crisis. I don't want to participate in the crisis. I want to participate in the miracle that's going to change the crisis. And that's what Jesus says. I, are you willing to let that go and, and get the job done so I can turn this thing around? It's interesting. The Bible says as soon as they filled it, Jesus said, now take some to the person running the whole party, the party planner. Take it to them. They got a big old ladle. They walked over and gave it to the party planner. Party planner, oh my God, oh my God. This stuff is better than what we've been serving since the beginning. And you have to understand, usually just the opposite happened. Usually you serve the best stuff in the beginning because while they're not intoxicated, they can still taste it. And they're impressed with what you're serving. After they're snockered and they're just kind of, well, praise the Lord. After that's going on, now they're just drinking. You could, you could pour grape Kool-Aid in there and they're fine with that. They, oh, this is good stuff. They don't know the difference. Watch this. The Bible says, is specific to tell us that the person who served it knew of the miracle. The person drinking it did not know of the miracle. That means we understand the power of Jesus. And I'm going to serve him to people who are in head places of authority. That they don't know what they're even drinking of. And when they take a drink, oh, this is good. This is better than anything I've experienced. See, wine is also indicative of joy. When the joy of culture runs out, they're going to reach for the joy of Jesus. And they'll realize that the, the joy that Jesus serves is greater than anything they've ever known. It's better than anything we've ever served. We've never had it on this level. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the answer. His name is Jesus. He's using you and I to fill the pot so the miracle can hit. And we can then serve him to everybody else. And the Bible finalizes this whole story with this. And I love this. The final verse says this. What Jesus did here in Canaan of Galilee was the first of the signs through which, number one, he revealed his glory. And number two, his disciples believed in him. When you and I live our lives right the glory of Jesus, the praise, the look at Jesus, he's the answer. That comes alive and people start believing that he is who he said he is. When we live our lives right, when we handle crises right, when we don't respond like everybody else, when we stay busy in the crisis, filling the pots so miracles can take place and serve him to people so that true joy can hit their lives. It's a game changer and we watch Jesus be glorified. This is how this goes around. Jesus' first miracle was a game changer. And it still speaks to us in 2021. Let's pray. Father, today, 
We recognize that we need you in our lives. We're grateful that we can know you personally. We're grateful that we can have that relationship. But God, I'm so grateful that you still choose to use us as well. That we can be in a relationship with you, that you will work with us to see miracles happen. That, 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 that we, as, as Christ followers, can be a part of miracles taking place in, in people's lives, in our city life, in our family's life, in a friend's life. We can be serving Jesus to those that are around us so that in true life, true joy hits and a radical shift. The delay is over. The miracle hits in the middle of crisis because we did not lose our mind, but we stayed focused and we responded based on your word. Your word leads our life. Your attitude directs and guides our steps. God, today, would you unite us again as a church? Would you help us to shape, shake off the distractions that step that, that, that try to cloud our minds and, and lead us left or right and stay focused on you in this so that we can speak truth in love, guide and lead, be peacemakers, hope dealers, pouring in love, joy in people, discovering who you are because of what we're serving. Not discovering me, not impressed with me, but God impressed with you because we're serving the greatest answer to the entire world in the middle of a crisis only for them to realize that the answer is here and the crisis is gone because the miracle has arrived. God, help us to be those that are serving miracles to everybody around us. Help us to be those people. Use us at work. Use us in our family. Use us in our culture. Use us with our friends for your glory. In Jesus' name. If you'll receive that today, would you put those hands and say, okay, let's go, let's go. Somebody shout, walk it out, walk it out, walk it out, walk it out. I'm working on it too. You may be seated. We got to keep walking it out.